Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Our topic today, planting new healthy churches. You say, Derek, can you plant unhealthy churches? Well, actually you can. So we're going to learn some important lessons today. Whether you're a pastor or a lay leader thinking about planting a new church, you'll learn some practical insights with our guest, Dr. Balvin Braham. Balvin, great to have you with us. It's such a pleasure. Thank and you, you for having me. And you have such an experience working now in the Inter-American region, Inter-American division, That's in right. charge of leadership and evangelism. It, it seems like growing healthy churches and planting new healthy churches just flows in your veins. Well, this has been a way of life for me. I'm from Jamaica, and back there, um, I had at one stage... 12 churches that I pastored, and I started two new ones, you know, ending with 14 churches. So uh, this is a part of my life, really. And I've had much more experiences in terms of planting new churches. And uh, we're going to share a recent book that you've published, which has some great insights. In fact, you want to stay with us uh, at the end of the program. We're going to offer 10 copies of that book. So get your pen and paper ready so that you can get the email address to get a copy of uh, Dr. Bram's new book. But you, you're also doing, uh, planting churches, overseeing, motivating. Uh, how many churches have you seen planted in the last five years? Well, you know, in our territory, in the Inter-American Division region, God has really blessed us in the last five years. We've planted pretty close to 5,000 new churches. So let's start with why is that important? Uh, we know healthy churches should be grown, but what about planting new healthy churches? Why, why should we be doing that? Well, why don't we begin with what Jesus said? You know, in, we have a passage here that I would like to share, and this is really the commission in John chapter 20 and verse 21. He says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. You know, very interestingly, this particular text came against the background of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And the disciples were all up there, despondent. And in their despondency, not even sure that Jesus was truly resurrected, he showed up in the room where they were, hiding, so to speak. And he said to them, this text, yep. he said, I brought you peace, and now I'm sending you. That's the commission for church planting. Now, secondly, from the commission, we end up with the content. That's what we find in Matthew chapter 28, verses uh, 18 to 20, the content. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach make the gospel, make disciples. That is the content. And then pretty much we look at the whole geography here. He says, go into all the world. Think of Acts 1, Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria. The utmost parts of the world. Mm -hmm. That's right. So you have the commission, you have, I mean, and the gospel, really, the content of the gospel. We go to uh, Luke 24, verses 46 to 48. He says, preach repentance and forgiveness, mm. the content of the gospel. So, but when you preach, after you preach, what happens? You don't just preach and leave people like that. So let's just say someone holds meetings and... 100 or 200 people make decisions to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. If there's no church there, what happens to those people? You know, one of our inspired writers, um, Ellen White, she does mention 
that if we go ahead, preach the word, and we never establish a congregation, a company of believers, and we leave them, then she says, we haven't done anything yet. Mm. So we have a responsibility to ensure that we create presence, and not just presence, but growing presence of disciples of Jesus Christ, every part of the world that we go. And again, the geography is all the world. Mm -hmm. So you've convinced me that it's important. Are there any other important lessons before we look at practical steps? How do you, how do you build the, the team? How do you create a commitment in a community of believers to, to think about planting a new church? Well, to, in order to create the commitment, really, I would want to start with a sense of urgency. Okay. You know, Peter Senji... Um, from MIT, he writes a book on, uh, entitled The Fifth Discipline, and he states there that it is important for a leader to be able to help individuals to recognize where they are and where they need to be. And when you help people to recognize the imperfect present mm. in relation to the perfect future that they want to build, then he says you create a sense of urgency. In terms of creating healthy, growing churches, you need to create a sense of urgency. The question is, how do you do that? So can you do it by teaching from Scripture or sharing narratives of, of healthy, growing churches in other places? How do you create a sense of urgency? Those two are crucial, but here's what happens. You need to know exactly what is happening in that territory where there is no church or where you want to plant a church. So you go over there, you do your survey, you do all the assessment, you look at what are the needs in this area. So when you come back to your people and you speak to them about maybe the luxury that they have where they are here now or their realities here, then you look at what is not there, mm. what they are not experiencing, and then how can we help them to create what needs to be over there based on the commission that we have from the word of Lord? Mm. If we do that, then we help people to, we create that sense of urgency. People right. now recognize we need to go over there. We need to do this. We need to help them. And it's not just we wanting to do it. We have a commission from the Lord mm -hmm. that we need to go do this. So when you talk, and we'll talk more after the break here, but when you talk about we go and do a survey, do you need a core group to start in terms of thinking about planning a church? Well, that leads us into our second step here, and that is the team. It's important to have a team. I probably call them um, church plant collaborators. We could call them whatever we want to call them. But the point is, we must select a group of individuals. We have a large church. You may have a small church. But not every member in your church is, is ready to be a collaborator, to plant church. So recruiting is important to get the right people. So after the break, I want to talk about how large that core group should be. Jesus had 12. But, uh, and what the characteristics are so that we can get started. If you're interested in learning how to plant new healthy churches stay with us we'll have more right after the break
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, planting new healthy churches. Our guest, Dr. Balvin Braham. Balvin, uh, before the break, we were talking about the sense of urgency, and that comes from Scripture and, and from seeing the needs out there. Now we're talking about building this team. I think you called them church planting collaborators. That's correct. Uh, and uh, h- how do you identify people? Jesus called 12 to join him in a team ministry. Uh, what are some of the characteristics of these uh, church planting collaborators. You know, Derek, it would have been so nice if we could have every member of the church. Yes, um, that would be the goal. Uh, yes, it? definitely. But you know, everybody doesn't have the passion. So we want to find within the congregation those people who pretty much really love the Lord. Yep. They understand the dynamic of planting a new congregation. They love people. They are individuals who are steeped in prayer and the study of the word. Because planting a church is not a, 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 a man-made, so to speak, no. organism. Supernatural work. That is right. And so this is a faith-based organization. It is God's church. The, the, the head of it is Jesus Christ. The foundation of it is Christ. So you need people who are in touch with him. On the vertical, they have a strong, growing relationship with the Lord. And now they are going on the horizontal to reach others. You know, that reminds me, though Acts chapter 6 is more about the work of the deacons, but those same characteristics, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. Um, a good report. Yeah. So you'd rather have six people like that, men and women like that, than 16 mixed multitude. That is so correct. <laughs> That's so correct. So once you've got this core group and they've got a passion for the Lord, a love for people, you want to empower them to go out and, and what are they going to do? But let's talk about empowerment. Okay. Because, you know, a doctor goes to medical school to study how to become an effective doctor. Right. Likewise, teachers study to become teachers. You know, we always take it for granted that anybody could go out there and do what we want them to do in terms of planting a new church. But actually, it doesn't go there that way. People need knowledge, the, the information, what to do. They need skills, how to do it. They need attitude. Because we could go out there not having the right attitude, and we turn people off. Mm. Plus, we ourselves may not even have the right attitude, and we become frustrated and discouraged. Mm. So empowerment is about giving people knowledge or information, giving them the skills, how to do and this is not just about theory here, because we could give people a lot of theory and it's done. But some practical step by step how to do. And I realize that many of our members need that. They are, oftentimes they come and they ask you, how can I do this? Yes. They don't want theology here. They want the practical step by step how to do. Sure. So we give that to them and we also work with them in terms of developing the attitude, the right attitude for this. So sincerity is important, oh, sincerity but, is but it's not enough. No, no. You need training. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You need training. That's right. And, and, and yet we want to move beyond uh, the training to implementation. So right. we've got, do we have uh, but, but a specific before, strategy? Be, yes. But before we even get to implementation, you see, we have to be intentional about what we do in okay. church planting. It just doesn't happen. It, we have to be intentional. So we have to now develop strategy. So talk so, to me about some specifics in terms of strategy. 
Where do we get started? What's your vision? Okay. First and foremost, what's the vision? What's the end product? When this is all done, what will we have? That's your vision. When this is all done, we're going to have a healthy, growing church with 100 or 200 people planted in the city of, and you know the name of that city. Okay. That's my vision. But we have some specific objectives, step by step, how we're going to get to that now to, in order to realize the vision that we have established. And then, of course, we need some action plans. What are the actions that we're going to take step by step? And, you know, in that book that I wrote on... Um, a practical guide to evangelism, how to win and keep members. It gives you some real good practical ideas on how you could do this. And I just want to tell our viewers, at the end of the program, we're going to give away 10 copies of Dr. Bram's new book. So I hope you'll be one of the ones to receive it. Because there are some very practical steps. We want to move from the theory to the practice, right. uh, to implement, and, and, and then evaluate to see whether it's healthy. How do I know if a new church is healthy or if we've actually planted a new unhealthy church? That's a beautiful question. <laughs> it's an important one, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. Whether this new church is a healthy church, it is, a, is this a church that is riddled with conflict? Mm. Is, this, is, a, this, is this a place where people want to be mm. every week? Wow. Or is this a place that people shun? Um, is this a place that has the potential for growth? What about the leadership? Mm. What about the involvement of those who are members in this new plant that we have established? What do we see? Where is it going? What's, our vi what's the vision for this? So if it, you've got a few unhappy people who say, we don't want to worship with you, we're going to move over here, that's not a formula for a, 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 healthy, a healthy new church, church plant, right? right? Uh, so we want to make sure it's healthy. Um, we, we want to, in, in the next section, we've got a couple of minutes here, get started with some specifics now. So uh, do, I need, uh, do we need a leader or a team or a committee or how do we get started? We want to work with the pastor. I'm Perfect, sure. because now this brings us to the implementation stage. Okay. What do we do? Usually I suggest that we establish a church plant committee in the church. And I like to work with committees because, you know, sometimes as an individual, you need support. Even Jesus believed in, in sure that committee. Did. As yeah. a matter of fact, God works in committee, um, so in a community, so to speak. Uh, the community had three of them in the very onset, you know. So establish the committee. Have a leader of that committee. Someone who understands the dynamics of group leadership. Someone who is able to connect with people. Someone who knows how to listen. Would that person have to be the pastor of the church that's doing the plant, or could it be someone else? It may be the pastor. Okay. But the pastor may be in a multi-church situation where he doesn't have a lot of Maybe time. Maybe a lay to focus leader. That's so you may have a lay leader who is able to do that. Again, it goes back to the point. We have to equip people. We must train them. Now, one of the things I noticed in your book, and we'll come to it after the break, is prayer is vitally important. We're going to bathe this movement in prayer. In fact, prayer ministry is a vital part of planting a new healthy church. I hope you're enjoying this practical discussion because we've been commissioned to go to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. That means planting new healthy churches. And uh, don't forget, you can get a copy of the new, new book by Dr. Bram. We'll be right back after the break.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, planting new healthy churches. And our guest, Dr. Balvin Bram. Balvin, it's great to have you as a guest on Ministry in Motion. There I can go. tell you're passionate about uh, planting new churches. It's in my DNA. <laughs> yeah, and not just a uh, key word that we added, not just new churches, but new healthy churches. Healthy churches. Uh, because we could have an unhealthy or even a toxic church right. plant, and we don't want that. Right. But we've got some steps now in this last segment of our program. We've talked about uh, getting a team and a leader that's passionate about ministry, bathing it in prayer. What's the next step in this strategy? We must now go to the community. Because so we, how do we decide where we're going to plant the church? We have to do a survey. So when we go about, we do our assessment of the area. Where do we consider it is possible that we could plant a church that can thrive? So would it be these church planting collaborators, as you call them, this core team would go out into the n neighboring community? Communities, yes. And they may f go to several communities, and one may seem more receptive? Sure. Okay. And so, they're, so, so they're, based on their surveys, they're going to determine, you know, and if we had time, I would tell you a little, quite quickly, about a theory, the Linthicum theory. Okay. Because he has a concept that a church gives three responses to its community. The church in the community, the church to the community, and the church with the community. The church in the community is a church that is only domiciled there. Mm. No light, no salt. The church to the community is the church that sees itself as a savior for this community. This community needs a church. We're going to give it to them. The church with the community is that church that goes there, does this assessment, develops relationships mm. with people, understand what the needs are, what are the social needs in this community, and then they move now to address the social needs, working along with people within that community. So as you go there, and as you now begin to work with individuals addressing social needs, then eventually you probably establish a center in that community. This is not where you are worshiping, so to speak, but this is a center from which you are delivering social service to the people based on your needs survey that you already completed. You know, I like that. That sounds so much like the method of Jesus, oh, that's, that that's, he met people's needs. That's right. So instead of going saying, we're going to have a worship service here once a week and disappear, you're actually with the community. You talked about that, the right. church with. Right. You're embedding a healthy church plant. But before it's even started, it's serving the community, uh, maybe even finding a location then for a what we might call a community service. Uh, a community service center. We, we talk also about a center of influence. Okay. It could be a center of influence. But we're doing service. We're not selling, so to speak. We're, we're just attending to needs. Having done that, we probably then, as this grows, begin now to have a, maybe one hour per week where we're establishing a prayer service for the people in this community. One hour per week, we have a prayer service. Um, maybe we want to grow that to an hour and a half based on the interest, the number of people who are coming out, etc. Until eventually we want to establish, a, let's say, a Sabbath day. One Sabbath every month now, we're going to go to this center because we already have interest. We've been working with these You've people. Been serving We've developed the relationships right? with them. We're, we're serving them. Yes. And, and now we're going there one Sabbath per month until we're going there two Sabbaths per month, etc. Until eventually we begin 
a service, a, a congregation, so to speak. But it's important. When we begin or establish that center of influence, it is always important that we make this big. Promote it. Use the social media to mm. promote this. Bring in everybody, the civic leaders, all the people who have names, so to speak, in the community, those community leaders. Let them be a part of this. Because you've already been serving that community. We've already you're, been serving You're them. with them. Yes. You know, I like the fact even the, the community prayer service is a way of serving the community. Sure. And then actually the... Uh, the service once a month or once a week is also a serving of the community. It is, it is. And again, prayer. Who doesn't want prayer? Mm. Who does not want prayer? So everybody needs prayer. And, and we want to use prayer as an entering wedge because, you know, the Lord says we should pray without ceasing. Sure. And, and, and Paul tells us that in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, pray without ceasing. Mm. Um, we have to be like that importunate woman, we had to be constantly praying. Yeah. Every move we make, and by the way, evaluation is key. We cannot move except we evaluate our effectiveness. And that keeps the ch new church plant healthy. That keeps it healthy. Because we know what to change, what to deepen. How is this going to grow? How do we want it to grow? And again, here's what is important. It's not just the leader who sits back in a corner and determines all of this. We together are doing this with the community because this is the community of believers and we have a commission from the Lord. We have a strategy. This is a part of the geography and we have the content. Yeah. Preach repentance and forgiveness. You know, if you've been blessed today by Dr. Balvin Braham's presentation on planting new healthy churches, you will want a copy of his book. It's called A Practical Guide to Evangelism, How to Win and Keep New Members. He has generously given 10 copies of this book. We would like to send, if you're the first person from your country to write to us, we don't want to send them all to one country. First one from your country, feedback at ministryinmotion.tv. We would love to send you a copy. Again, the first 10 viewers from 10 different countries, we would love to send you a copy. You can write to us at feedback at ministryinmotion.tv. While you're there, great resources on our website, ministryinmotion.tv. Dr. Balvin Graham thank, Bram, thank you for sharing with us. A parting word to people who say, I think I'm going to do it. Uh, listen. Jesus says, I am with you always. The power of the Holy Spirit is available. We can't do it by ourselves. This is not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. It is about the Lord. Supernatural work. Supernatural work. And he gives us the enabling. And so we're able to say, like Paul said, I can do all things mm. through Christ who strengthens us. Dr. Balvin Bram, thank you for joining us on Ministry in Motion. Thank you also for joining us. I'm inspired planting new healthy churches. Again, write to us feedback at ministryinmotion.tv if you'd like a copy of his new book. And God wants you to be a great Christian leader. If you're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, realize that we've got to go to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. God bless you as you implement what you've learned to bless those around you.